0: Want convenient banking features like mobile check deposit? Whitney Bank's mobile app has you covered. Start by opening your checking account online at HancockWhitney.com. Then download the app to bank anytime, anywhere. Member
1: FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum.
2: From
3: Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with the editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style.
2: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Navigating the ever changing and uncertain healthcare landscape can be a nightmare for providers and businesses alike. It's also an opportunity for entrepreneurs who've come up with ways to help others make sense of what's going on out there. Cindy Heine is the president and co-founder of SyncStream Solutions. It's a Baton Rouge-based company that was founded three years ago to help employers both navigate the complex regulations governing the Affordable Care Act and to electronically file the massive amounts of documentation required by the law. In that short amount of time, the company has grown from a staff of three employees to more than 40, with offices in Baton Rouge and Metairie. It also has created its own proprietary software that it private labels to other companies around the country, mainly payroll and benefits administration firms. Cindy, it's a great story. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Blaine Lindsay is the Executive Director, Chairman, and Southeast Division Head of Allidade, Louisiana, the local branch of a national company based in Bethesda, Maryland, that helps primary care providers, that would be like doctors and hospitals, move away from the fee-for-service model to a value-based healthcare system, which is the way of the future. Allidade was founded in 2014 and in just those three years has expanded its operations into 15 states where it is in partnership with more than 200,000 patients in some 200 practices. Blaine has helped lead the growth in Louisiana, where it has some 6,000 patients through its partnership with Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. Blaine, it's a very impressive story, and I know there are a lot of interesting details we want to get to. So, Thank you very forward. much. Thanks for being here on Out to Lunch. Well, Cindy, I want to start with you. Everybody saw that ACA, Obamacare, as a nightmare. You saw it as an opportunity. What were you doing before, and how did you decide to shift into Obamacare compliance. (laughs) What happened is uh, my father started a firm in
3: 1998 called Associated Benefits Consulting. And that firm does particularly association-based plans. Uh, We are the plan sponsors and the plan um, consultants, really, for the lobby um, business, lobby benefit center offerings. And we have been in that position as a consultancy for over two decades now. And so as the ACA was coming, um, even before we had the first regulation, just ACA in general, uh, this whole notion of, and of uh, healthcare reform even, we knew it meant central change for what we were doing. And we had one of two options. We either turned and ran, right, or we learned as much as we could um, and tried to find what that change would mean for our clients in the consultancy and how it, we might diversify as a result of that. Did you all have to hire people to do the research for you? Did you just hunker down and start no, checking it out on we the just, Internet?
2: How did you figure it out? We
3: rolled up our sleeves, took off our high heels, and just went to work. Right. <laughs> and I work actually with my two sisters um, in that endeavor. And as we started first to just learn everything that we could, um, there's a, a school called the American College that teaches um insurance and finance executives exclusively. Um, and we came across the work of a gentleman named Arthur Takino. And Arthur was a young lawyer who was basically given the Affordable Care Act, no regulations, just the legislation, the 2,000-some-odd pages, the giant about, right? thing that they talk about, and um, was said, and was told by his colleagues, nice to have you here. Here's the legislation. Would you please read it, interpret it, and would you build curriculum around it? And so we were some of his first students. Um, in doing that, Arthur tried to learn that information by putting it in Excel. Okay. As he did that, he realized he might have a product, maybe, and he learned to do some coding. And from that, he actually did create a product. And we took that product um, and actually talked to him about being his marketing arm. So Associated Benefits actually became his marketing arm. Um, delivered his first national client, and six months later, we bought the controlling interest in the company, and Syncstream was born. And how many clients today? Today, uh, close to 10,000.
2: 10,000. Wow. Yes. Well, Blaine, Obamacare opened a lot of doors for Allidaid as well. Your company creates accountable care organizations, which is ACOs, one of these new alphabet soup acronyms that we <laughs> hear a lot about in healthcare. Tell us about the company and, and what an ACO does.
0: Sure. Um, the company was founded by a gentleman named Farzad Mostashari, who was in charge of the, uh, one of the healthcare wings under President Obama, um, who came out and saw an opportunity to help independent primary care physicians succeed in this. Um, an accountable care organization is a, a, a group of physicians that come together. And they, they pool their resources and they go to Medicare and they say, we believe that we can keep patients healthier. Mm-hmm. And and we by, by, by providing better care for these patients and, and creating better outcomes, we will be able to then save you Medicare money. And then Medicare says, if you can do that for us, then you can participate in that gain share. Um, so it's, it's very simple on its face, but it's also very difficult to improve the health of South Louisiana c- sure. just a little by 5%, right? And,
2: and you're talking strictly Medicare at this point, but I suppose the same model would apply to private insurance companies, right?
0: No, uh, I mean we, in the last six months, we've we've expanded, so we have a Mississippi Accountable Care organization, Louisiana, Louisiana Blue Cross, Louisiana Blue Cross Medicare Advantage, so the whole healthcare shi- uh, system is shifting from a from a fee-for-service, try to ring you up for as many services as you possibly can for a doctor, because um, <laughs> that's the only way they can get paid. Fee-for-service, fee right, for you service. have a sore throat, you
2: go to the doctor, you get paid, because the doctor treats your sore uh, throat. How does it work under an ACO?
0: Right, so, so under an ACO, the, the physician, particularly the primary care physician, is responsible for every single penny paid by a payer. So every single penny from the minute they walk in the primary care office to the minute they have chemotherapy, the primary care physician is responsible for. And, and we believe, certainly, that independent primary care are the best people to do that. That's why we've placed our bets on that, because they're not beholden to a, a hospital who has to pay for a very expensive, uh, like, pet stress gotcha. test machine.
2: So y'all will partner with, like, individual physician practices? Yep.
0: We have, I believe, 30 now in all along South Louisiana, all along 10. Um, another 32 in, in Central and South Mississippi, um, as well as, you know, I, I imagine we're going to double that by, by July.
2: And then do they use the Allidaid brand name? Are they like an Allidade ACO, or, or do they just keep their own group
0: name? They they. The physicians don't have to switch electronic health records. They don't transfer any controlling interest <laughs> of their of their companies. It's truly a confederation of independents, um, which for it's it's that's great in some aspects and it's incredibly challenging in some aspects because you have 30 different individual small business people coming together to create one entity.
2: And then the payer pays the doctors just as before. The the Insurance. payer
0: pays the doctors fee for service just for before, but the upside mm-hmm. to catch up with inflation. Is tied to value-based purchasing or total cost of care.
2: And who pays Allade?
0: Who pays Allidade, mm-hmm. Uh We in, in, enable the physicians to come together, and um, if we're if we only if we're successful, um, do we do we share in that savings with the practices?
2: Interesting. Now, what would be the advantage of an ACO for doctors and, and for patients?
0: Well, for patients, it it gives you a quarterback for your care, right? So it turns your primary care physician into your physician rather than sort of the gateway into a larger healthcare system. Um, you know, for physicians, primary care physicians control about 85% of spend in the healthcare system through preventable, you know, through chronic disease, but are only reimbursed about 4%. So you have probably in Louisiana, you have a cardiologist who specializes in your left ventricle for every single primary care physician left out there. Wow. There's so many specialists. There's so much. They're paid so much uh, more money than primary care. You're seeing primary care disappear. This is Medicare. This is Blue Crosses. This is our way of making primary care a viable business model or helping it become a viable business model.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now the Affordable Care Act is, has, you know, made many of these opportunities possible for companies such as yours what happens if this all gets thrown out the window as, as we thought might happen earlier this year what does that do to the software that you all have put together cindy and that you now sell and, and you know give to your clients well I, i'm not so sure that i believe that it's
3: going away <laughs> um first of all i think it will change mm-hmm. and i frankly i think there are some elements of the law that need to change but Whether you're talking about a subsidy or you're talking about tax credit, there's always got to be some type of reporting. Um, If the government is giving individuals money or they're um, not getting money from individuals as in a tax credit, there's got to be some accounting for that. And so we believe there's always some kind of reporting related to that. So what employers really need to do is to continue on that path of, of figuring out where they stand relative to the law, because it is the law of the land. And then also, as it changes, to ensure that they are
2: compliant with those changes. Mm-hmm. And and Blaine, I would imagine for you, it doesn't really matter whether it's ACA or Trump Care or some other kind of care. Our healthcare system inevitably is moving towards value-based. It has to, isn't that true?
0: They're not printing any more healthcare money. <laughs> <So> <laughs> 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 Every everyone is on a mission to to reduce costs, and right now the prevailing thinking is that if you involve primary care in that, that's how you're going to do it. Um, ACOs, luckily, moved from the Obamacare, you know, chopping block to to I guess a permanent piece of Medicare through a, a recent bill passed uh, two years ago called MACRA. Um, the good thing about that um, is that it was a 92 to 8 vote. It was one of the most uh, bipartisan bipartisan right. uh, um, pieces of legislation to come through. That doesn't through, happen often, right? <laughs> Certainly in healthcare um, in in the last 10 years. So it's relatively safe for now because, the, frankly, the program's working. It's reducing costs and it's um, better for patients.
2: Technology is so important to both of your companies. I mean, it's, it's really a critical role. W- Tell me a little bit about, about the technology that, that you use and how you keep up with, with the developments to keep it cutting edge. Well, it, that is um,
3: probably the most important thing we do other than hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way that we do that is, um, Arthur Takino is our subject matter expert. He's one of the leading experts in the country on the Affordable Care Act. And he is our chief innovation officer. So the space and the translation, which is most important, between the subject matter expertise, the business logic that then goes into the creation of those particular products is very, very short. Um, And and that really makes a difference. Um, And and so we keep up with it by being involved in advocacy efforts, um, being familiar with what's going on on the Hill, um, influencing that at times, and also understanding that legislation and the particularly the regulations related to that and the processes by which those regulations change. So it, it's really about um, being very agile,
2: mm-hmm.
3: having a 24-hour development cycle. So we have what's called a blended shore model, um, which means we have both in um, Baton Rouge and in, in the United States, we have developers as well as in India, because that gives you the ability to have a 24-hour
2: cycle. So. Quick how, to market is important. How big is your presence nationwide um, relative to the com- competition? We actually run
3: about third in the country. You're um, the third largest. I, I would say so. We have some, uh, and it depends on how you're counting.
2: The third largest of what? What do you call yourself? Um,
3: I would say the third largest in terms of the number of employers that we and the number of employees that we take care of. We have other competition that handles very, very large employers. So they may do, for instance, uh, we did last year and again this year, one million
2: 1095s. So that's the benefits W-2, if you will, that goes out to each of us so at that's our to each a million like individual employees with companies. Correct, company. correct. You're listening to Out to Lunch, I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Cindy Heine of SyncStream Solutions and Blaine Lindsay of Alliday, Louisiana. Now Blaine, your company is national as well. and You have a very large national presence, but you're also here in Louisiana.
0: Right, well that's one of the most exciting things <laughs> about this conversation right. is the fact that we've got two major tech companies sitting here at the table that are yeah. in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, one of the, the pieces about Allade, which allows us to do this, you know, I mentioned we kind of go at full risk in our model is that we're venture capital backed. So we're backed by Google Ventures, by Venrock, and a bunch of Silicon Valley investors to invest in our Technology, but the fact that we're now sitting here, running a major wing of that in South Louisiana, um, out of New Orleans, is 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 really a great sign for our local economy um, and what we're building on the tech front here as far as, as regionally. So really exciting. Now, about how did that. you get
2: the the national investors to, to buy in to back y'all? Uh,
0: well, the the original lead investor is a is a is a investment fund called Vinrock. Mm-hmm. Um, it's led by a, a gentleman named Bob Coker, who was the the physical architect of Obamacare. Um, so he he was together and he's been able to see this from the top down. Um, and so he was able to look at our model and and be the first one and since then it's it's you know, the technology has grown rapidly, the uptake, we're two years old and are dealing with we're gonna get you know 350,000 lives um, wow. by by July. Um, so it's it's a breakneck pace. Um, it it's is. exciting, <laughs> yes. it's terrifying. It's um, technology. It's technology.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so how is it doing business here in Baton Rouge? And and why, for instance, Cindy, are you all based here in Baton Rouge? We have an
3: office here in Baton Rouge and an office in New Orleans. Um, and we work out of both. Um, our Louisiana business, um, we feel, is much better served, actually, in the Baton Rouge market, because it is the capital of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nationally, um, what we have is You know, when we have partners and and clients coming in, they would prefer to be in New Orleans. Um, And and really... But why not Silicon Valley or some place really cutting edge? Because this is a very homegrown business. Um, It's not a small business anymore, and it's not a mom and pop. um, But it is a homegrown business, and we don't see any reason at this point to move out of home. Um, And and I, I have to say that we've been able to find most of the talent we need
2: at home that's encouraging it is it's been very encouraging you said you're not a you're not a big business but you're a good medium-sized business what what type what size business are you in terms of revenues how much uh we're a little
3: under 10 million that's
2: that's a nice size business i'd like it to be a little bigger yeah (laughs) (laughs) what about what about you blaine what is y'all, l- I don't know if y'all disclose. I, I don't
0: know do. who's listening to this program. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we're, we're very much a startup. We're a series C startup um, growing rapidly in our investment. What that allows us to do is stay incredibly true to our mission, which is improve outcomes for patients. And as long as we can keep our eye on the ball for that, then our investors are, are behind us. The second we start playing games or start getting caught up in health systems and, and getting away from that mission is when we start to worry uh, about the about the outcomes of the patients. So we're, we're lucky in that aspect that we get to take uh, the high road, <laughs> even though it is getting more and more and more difficult as we go from somebody who nobody's ever heard of to um, scaring these large health systems. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but of course, I mean, the other mission of a business is always to make money, and right. so at what point do you start to realize you know, a return on the, the investment? Uh,
0: when we, we save money at the end of the year for the payers, then our physicians do incredibly well and we grow our business as well.
2: So that's how the doctors get paid?
0: That's how the doctors get paid, is if they are successful at the end of the year in improving outcomes, uh, maintaining quality. That's another big piece of this, is that you can't just cut care, right? right. It's not rationing because you're, you're responsible to Medicare, to Blue Cross, every step of the way for certain quality metrics that ensure that you don't um, cut care for the patient.
2: Now, does Alliday develop those metrics or do you all go out and buy them from somebody else? or you yep. customize? A- yep.
0: Medicare, the payer tells us what we need, and then we go in with our technology inside of the electronic health records. So the physicians are doing these things, sure. but they're not recording them in the same places. They're jotting them down on paper and scanning them in. You know, they're, they're sitting on tables in a file, and that's yeah. such as the, 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 the genius and why you need a, an aggregator to do some of this work is to be able to get in there and, and, and prove that you did these things. And
2: that's where y'all really specialize.
0: That's where we specialize. We invest in the people and the technology to come in and support because it, each of these physicians is seeing 30 to 50 patients a day. Um, they've got you know family members working the front desk um, in rural Louisiana and in Mississippi. Sure. Um, they've got to make payroll. They've got patients that rely on them. Um, so they need to not have to think about this um, mm-hmm. More than more than they have to, right? But it's they-
2: so it's so complicated. And and our president recently said that healthcare was so complicated he had no idea. And I think a lot of people had an idea actually that it was very complicated. And you all certainly know that. Right. Absolutely. What what is this? Is there a single biggest problem? I mean, is it that it, it's become so sophisticated that we we can't keep up with it? We expect too much from. Medicine, we want everybody to have the best oh possible. Mean, care. I'm gonna let you take that you one first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, if I you mean, wave your magic wand and fix right. it, I right? Mean, it, it, obviously, we want efficiencies that's what you all strive for with an ACO, yep. but
0: yeah. I mean, because I've devoted this piece of my career uh, to, to this, I mean, the, the biggest problem is fee for service because the financial incentives are to do as much health care on patients. As possible, okay. because that's the only way you get paid in the old healthcare system. So, th- I mean, that's the most—that's the most upside-down incentive I've ever seen. Particularly when you're—I mean, the president say this is the biggest problem we are <laughs> facing right now. Um, it, so, so to change that system is incredibly difficult. Um, I saw it at one point as an attorney mm-hmm. um, early in my career, um, watching. You know, I've I've said this before, but you know, by the time you get to a lawyer in healthcare. Are, things are not problem. going well for anybody, right? Um, and so to get out here and try to change the, the system on the very front edge of it is is really rewarding. However, there are a m- million people out there, companies out there that rely exclusively on the old model and they're sure. very resistant to change.
2: And, and we probably don't even see that or realize that when we're having these discussions, that there's that much pushback coming from these special interest groups or these lawyer groups or whatever.
0: And, and the the best way for you to see it is next time you go in for the sniffles to your doctor, mm-hmm. your big hospital system that owns your doctor, all of a sudden you're going to be hooked up to a machine. If you want to see it in practice, you're going to get a CAT scan for sniffles, right? Wow. Every time you walk in your doctor who's owned by a hospital. Um, maybe that's cynical, but it happened to me a yeah. couple months ago.
2: How so how does a doctor get paid other than fee for service i mean the whole efficiency thing somebody how does it work in layman's terms
0: yeah so uh medicare pays more for preventative health and population health meaning medicare will pay more for you to reach out now and ask your patient to come in and do this uh it's called an annual wellness visit where you do nothing but talk Mm -hmm. you know hey do you have a fold in your carpet at home you might fall down on? Wow. Does your daughter come visit you? It's this si- sort of thing, but now Medicare has put its payment behind that and also cut the, the, the copay uh, for to help the patient come in. Um, it's new. Um, it's hard to work into your, your practice that you've owned for 30 years. Um,
2: Particularly when so much of the rest of the system is doing it the old way. Right. right? I mean, it's like having elect- right. self-driving cars on the
0: street and with... And, uh, and, and a patient is trained the old way. Right. right. The patient's going to resist coming to the doctor an extra time. Um, the patient doesn't want Obama to have their information, even mm-hmm. though they're under Medicare and they don't understand that Medicare is a government payer, so they already have that information. And so you have to—it's people. You have to deal with people. Right. And that's the, that's where that's where the incentives are trying to be aligned.
2: Now, Cindy, for instance, under ACA and and, and the software that you all use for your clients, does it account for ACOs? I mean. Um, if you're helping a company, do you see it, its benefits include this kind of, um, you know, value-based healthcare payer system versus a fee-for-service?
3: Not yet. Not yet. Um, and, and I say that because to date, we have been strictly focused on compliance with the reporting of the regulations. Gotcha. Um, and, and so that is a, a bit of a difference um, in that regard. It's not as um, crucial to our business, but I, I want to go back to your question about, you know, what's at the heart of this, mm-hmm. and I really think there are, um, without getting too political, I think there are two things at the heart of this, um, this and by this, I mean this whole healthcare reform thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one is that a, as a country, we have to fundamentally determine if this, if healthcare is a right, or if healthcare, mm-hmm. having access to healthcare as a service. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, is it, is it something that, a commodity, is it something yeah. that you pay for? Or is it, in fact, something that it is um, like something by virtue of citizenship you have access to?
0: And we're caught in a weird limbo, right? Right. In between so and those two and philosophies. We, and
3: we are. And I think, and until, as a country, we have that conversation, um, then it's about any any resource we have Mm
2: -hmm.
3: be that oil and gas be that education be that financial resources they are in fact finite resources there's not an endless supply of those so uh, uh, whether that's doctors whether that's cat scans whether that's lab tests but it becomes about how is it that we go about distribution Mm -hmm. of that um and, and and, you're, and ph- philosophically understanding if it's a right or, or simply something that you buy as a commodity. That's such a good point. Really I don't impacts. don't think there's a whole
2: lot of agreement on that, I, or I even d- discussion around the issue.
3: I, I don't, uh, and not enough, in, yeah. in my opinion. And so because we haven't dealt with, as a country, I think those fundamental questions, and, and I really do see them as fundamental, um, then you go from whatever assumption you start from and then you wind up much further apart, um, whether that's politically or economically or uh, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just as simple as both sides of the aisle. Sure. The other thing that I think is, is absolutely fundamental that people don't seem to understand and you're really highlighting today that's, I think, very important, healthcare and healthcare economics is highly, highly complex. Yeah. <laughs> and to assume anything different
2: is a mistake. No question. And it keeps becoming more complex. More complex all the time. Well, Cindy Heiney and Blaine Lindsay, this has been a fascinating discussion about a topic that's of very much importance to everyone. And it's exciting to know that Baton Rouge has bright minds such as yours working to address problems in one of the most important areas of our society today. So good luck with your continued success and thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch.
0: Thank you. What a pleasure.
2: My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Cindy Heiney of SyncStream Solutions and Blaine Lindsay of Allidade. You can find out more about SyncStream Solutions and Allidade by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansers is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Anne Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la, and on our Facebook page, these photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at MitchellForman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf89.3FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
1: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Joneswalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum.
0: Want convenient banking features like mobile check deposit? Whitney Bank's mobile app has you covered. Start by opening your checking account online at hancockwhitney.com. Then download the app to bank anytime, anywhere. Member FDIC.